Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. It's hard and sometimes, boy, that sin smell good, it tastes good, it, and all this stuff you really want to go for it, I mean, is really there in your face. And it has a very attractive power to the soul of man. And you want to do it. It entices you. That's why it's called sin. Are you hearing? But when we choose to say no, we choose to choose the Lord, godliness over that is hard to do, but you'll never regret choosing godliness. But you'll always regret choosing sin. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Today, we want to uh, continue in the series that we started on on last week entitled Fake Church. Fake Church. Oh, it's, it's, it's there. It's there. You don't want to be part of a fake church. A fake meaning um, not genuine, but counterfeit. You know, folk that say that they belong to Jesus, they can, some of those people are just as fake as a $2, no, they are $2 bills, aren't they? They're fake as a $3 bill. Not genuine, not real. I, I don't want to be fake. I want to be real. I want, when someone looks at me, when someone looks at you, they see Jesus. They see the real deal. I want them to testify, if there's ever anybody that's ever Christian, it must be you. We want the glory of God to shine about us, in us, and through us to affect a change in the world around us. The world doesn't need any more fakes and phonies or any more hypocrites. The world is full of those. We want to be real. So in this series, as we're talking about fake church, we're talking about becoming the real church and standing really like supermen and superwomen, supernatural beings that God can use in the world today. So I pray that you'll continue to join me on this ride. We started here in 2 Timothy. Let's go back there for a moment. Uh, 2 Timothy, the third chapter, as the Bible talks about not only people in the world, but there are here in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, the third chapter, as he talks about some people that are actually trying to identify themselves as Christians. Let's look at this again. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. Every time you see the word they from here on out, I want you to say it with me, okay? Here we go. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and un, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they 
will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So he's identifying a certain group. Now, these days that it's talking about, these people are not just people that are, again, that are, that are the godless out in the world. He's talking about some people that will act religious, and religion talks about having an outward expression of godliness. They will act the part, but really not be the part. In other words, their lifestyle does not back up what they say they are. In other words, they're... Uh, their mouth is writing a check that their lifestyle can't cash. You got it? He said that will be their testimony, but don't let it be your testimony. They will deny the power that could make them godly. They will reject the power of God that can make them godly. And a lot of that power has to do with repentance, with repentance. God has called us to repent. Let's look at Acts 17. Acts 17, once again. Acts 17. Let's hop on down to verse number 30. It says, For God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice. By the man he has appointed, he proved and he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. Now, the Lord said, we got to repent. We got to turn because there is a day set on the calendar on God's calendar. There will be that day of judgment. I can't tell you when it's going to be, but there will be a day that's already set a day that God will judge the world through Jesus Christ. And one thing you don't want, you don't want anything that God hates in you, on you, or around you. Hallelujah. Now, we talked about repentance last week. Let's bring that up again. Repentance meaning to change one's mind, to change one's mind for the better, heartily to amend, that is to make better, uh, with abhorrence, disgusted, loathing, feeling of um, repulsion of one's past sins. Now, let me say this again. Repentance is a gift that God gives you. Repentance means that you can change, that you can allow, you align your thinking with God and your life can change. The works of sin is death. Sin causes death. It causes destruction of marriages, destruction of relationships. Sin will take all your money. It will take all your friends. Sin will cause you to wind up uh, in the in the poor house, in the prison house, and then in the and then in the early grave. Sin, sin. The Bible says again, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Christ Jesus. There are a lot of things that we've done in our past that we're not proud of, and a lot of that has to do with sin. So God gives us this word, this promise. Of repentance. Repentance means that you can change, but you're not going to be able to change by yourself. You're going to need the power of God to help you in the change. Because if you could have changed, you would have done it. If you could have stopped yourself from sinning, you would have done it. 
But man does not have the power to do that. We only have the power to do that through Christ. Jesus has come to take our sins away. Jesus gives you mastery over sins, and it is he that gives you the power to repent, to change your mind. I like what Pastor Nelson says. Many times I've heard him say, change your mind, change your life. Change your mind, change your life. Change your mind, change your attitude, change your entire life. Change the way you think and you change your world. So repentance, once again, means to change your mind, to change it. And we can't change our minds without God, without recalibrating our thinking to his thinking. His thinking is the default setting. I'm not sure how many of you have ever gotten a new TV or a new cell phone or something, a new computer, and you played around with it, and you got the thing all jacked up. You, you say, oh, I messed it up, I messed it up, I don't know what I did with it. But you can take it back to the factory default and fix it all again, and then tear it up again if you want to. But Jesus gives you the ability to take it back to factory default, where it was working right in the first place. God's word is that factory default. And if we stay close to his word, all is well. But when we deviate from it, things become bad. As a matter of fact, we saw that really in the Old Testament church many times over when Israel, Israel was good, good as gold. God was with them and their enemies fell on every side. But the moment they sinned, the moment they began to get into idolatry and other things, the moment they began to disobey, the enemy starts coming in and bad things started to happen. Sin is in the door, comes in the door when we hover around, stay around acts of disobedience. Now, let me tell you this again. Sin is a choice. And it's in this world fully. It's in this world fully. But not yielding to sin, that's something that you can only do through Christ. Not yielding and staying out of it is through Christ Jesus. Man does not have the power of his own to change his life fully. He can change some things a little while, but he'll go right back to it. And some will even, let's say, they say, well, you know what? I, 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 I stopped this, but they picked up that. They stopped that, but they picked up this. You see, we need Christ to have a true lasting change. Choosing godliness over worldliness is a choice. It's not an easy choice either. You know, I recently went to the doctor for a checkup. And the doctor, as I was sitting with him um, in the exam room, of course, I had to wait a long time. But that's another story altogether. Love you, doc. <laughs> you tell me to be on time, but love you, doc. As we go through again. But as I was there in the exam room, he was there with me, you know, doing my little checkup stuff. He asked the question about exercise. I said, well, you know, doc, you know, I, I, I can't say I love to exercise. How about you, doc? He said, well, I don't I don't really like to either. But he said, you know what? But I never regret having done it. I said, you know what? That's good. I'll give you credit the first time. So I'm giving him credit now. He said, I never regret doing it. I never regret after I've done it. But I'm always it's hard to get it going. But after you do it, you never regret that you did it. Same thing about choosing godliness, choosing to avoid sin, choosing not to agree with sin. 
It's hard, and sometimes, boy, that sin smells good, it tastes good, it, and all this stuff you really want to go for it, I mean, is really there in your face, and it has a very attractive power to the soul of man, and you want to do it. It entices you. That's why it's called sin. Are you hearing? But when we choose to say no, we choose to choose the Lord, godliness over that, it's hard to do, but you'll never regret choosing godliness. But you'll always regret choosing sin. I can guarantee you that. Hallelujah. So sin is common in this world, but not bowing down to it. Not bowing down to it. Uh, that's not common. To say no to sin, that's not common in this world. Because this world says, do whatever makes you feel good. Right. Let's look how the Lord deals, deals with it here. Let's go to uh, Hebrews, the fourth chapter, Hebrews four, verse 14 through 16. See, I want to remind you that you as a born again believer, God has made you special. He has made you unique. He has made you powerful. And sin is like your kryptonite. That's why we got those superhero looking people uh, on the slides. Sin is like your kryptonite. It begins to strip you. It begins to strip you. It, it, can be, it can bring torment into your lives. Every time you step into it, it's like you're stepping in a pile of animal poop. And you everywhere you go, people. You go home and you're smelling it. Is it me? You go to the grocery store, I still smell that. What is that? And then you begin to get paranoid. Does somebody else smell that on me too? I'm not going to church because they're going to smell that. They're going to, mm -mm, they're going to smell that. They're going to smell I've been doing something. They're going, to, they're going to know I've been doing something. No, no, no. Sin, it just gets on you. No, there's only one way to get it off of you, and that's through repentance. Confessing of your sin and repenting because it's sticky. You see, before you stepped in it, you didn't notice it. But the moment you stepped in it, you got in your car, you began to notice it then. You stepped in it again. But as long as you're in this world, it's going to be hard to avoid. The closer you walk to the light, the less the, the closer you walk to the light, the more you can see and the less you will step in it. Are you hearing? But if we don't walk in the light in a dark world, you're going to step in a lot of it. But you can't avoid it because this world is full of poop. Are you hearing me? That's saying it mildly, isn't it? But look at Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, verse 14 through 16, it says again, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Look at verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points, somebody say all points, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may uh, obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What does this mean here? Jesus, again, was tempted in all points. It is not a sin to be tempted. It is not a sin to be tempted. Let me say that again. It is not a sin to be tempted. It becomes sin when you give in to the temptation. 
Are you hearing me? When you see a pretty girl pass by, there's nothing wrong with seeing a pretty girl pass by. But when you, oh, mama. <laughs> then that's dealing with sin. Jesus says, whosoever looked at look, that woman with lust has committed adultery with her already in his heart. You hearing what I'm saying to you? You take it when you take the bait, then it becomes sin. Are you hearing me? You say, oh, look at the money in the cash register. Boy, you see the money, okay, walk away. But the moment you sit there and you begin to look at it and you take it, then that becomes sin. Jesus was tempted in all points. So in every area in your life where you say, Lord, I'm so weak, I'm tempted to do this, I'm tempted to do that, Jesus was tempted in that area too. But he did not give in to it. He did not agree with it. He did not do it. Because he didn't do it, that means you and I don't have to do it through him. He gives us the power to do that, to avoid that. Amen. All right. Now, I want to show you this also in verse number 16 in the context of things, in the context. The context says, again, let us come boldly, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help in, in time of need. Now, what time are you talking about? The time of need when you're feeling tempted. When you see that, oh, mama, Lord, I need grace. When you feel the temptation to reach back, reach way back and slap. Oh, Lord, grace. He said, you can come boldly before him. When you're feeling something rise up within you, that devil talking on your side, telling you, you ought to cuss them out. You ought to do this. You ought to do that. You feel tempted to do that. But you say, Lord, I come before your throne of grace to find mercy and help. I need your help right now so that I do not give in to this. When you're up late at night or up throughout the day and you see that little those little images pop up on your phone or pop up on your computer. Look at this this porn site or that thing. Lord, I'm feeling tempted of it. Give me strength. Give me help. The Lord said you can come boldly before his throne. In other words, you don't have to be ashamed to be tempted. The devil tries to make you feel guilty because you feel tempted. But there's no sin in being tempted. There's only a sin when you give in to it. That's why he said, come on to me. Come to me and I will help you. He said, come boldly. You're being tempted and you feel the ookiness and the shame of the temptation on you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You feel it on you. You feel it on you. You feel the dirt beginning to get on you. You haven't done it, but you feel it. And when you feel this on you, when you feel this stain, this this blight come on you, it's like the enemy is just trying to come around you. And you have this. He has this dark cloak and he's trying to put this thing on you. And the closer he gets to you, you feel whatever's trying to make you do, trying to make you lust, trying to make you fight, trying to make you fuss, trying to make you cuss, whatever it is, you feel it rising up in you. You feel it rise up in you. You say, Lord, I'm coming to your throne right now. I'm coming boldly. I need your help, Jesus. I need your grace in my time of need. And then God sends you help immediately. Now, sometimes he was sending you the help in the form of somebody coming in and interrupting your time. 
You were about to do it, but then somebody called. Thank you, Jesus. You're about to say something, about getting nasty, then your pastor call you. <laughs> so glad to hear your voice. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Lord can send, he can send people to you, or he can just remove the temptation. You don't want to do it anymore. But he will send you help if you ask for it. See, that's part of that power of repentance. If you don't ask for it, chances are you're not going to receive it. When you ask for it, you're beginning to resist the devil. You're saying, no, I don't want to do this. No, no, because you know where that road leads. You've been to that road before. You've been there. Look in your closet. You got the T-shirt. You got the hats. All, it's all in your closet. It's all there. We've been down the road before. We know where it leads. But the enemy comes up again and tries to shroud you with it again. But the Lord said, you can come to me when you feel it. You're feeling nasty and ooky and it's all on you. You feel like you're going to. He said, come boldly. Don't be ashamed. Don't let the devil tell you, oh, you ought to feel ashamed because you're already thinking about doing nasty stuff. You already thinking about doing it. But Lord, but Lord, I need your help. You got what I'm saying to you, right? Hallelujah. Again, as long as we're in these bodies living in this world, we're going to be tempted to yield to or to agree with sin, but you don't have to. Because Jesus has given us the ability to overcome it. And one of the ways he does that is by telling you, come boldly to me. Come boldly. And he'll help you, he'll help you with it. Look at how Jesus uh, overcame his temptation. I want you to see this in Luke 4. Look at Luke 4. Very familiar. Luke 4. Let's look at uh, verses number 1 through 4. And it says this. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, uh, returned from Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Now notice this. He was full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Spirit, right? Look at verse number two, being 40 days tempted, hmm, full of the Holy Spirit, but yet still tempted. So I need more of God in me. Well, that's true. We do. Yes. You need to yield more to him. But Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit and was still tempted. You got that? All right. Being 40 days uh, tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. He got hungry. There's lack. The enemy often comes when there is an emptiness inside. Verse three. And the devil said to him unto him, if thou be the son of God, command these, command this stone that it be made bread. Now that doesn't sound like a bad thing to do. Hey, you hungry? There's a rock. Mm, make it a roll. Have yourself something to eat. I've had rolls that were hard as rocks. Well, I didn't really have them. I've seen them. You know what I'm talking about. Online community, you know what I'm, you, you know what I'm talking about. Doesn't sound like a bad idea. You hungry? Use your resources to make it something to eat. But listen, anytime you agree with the devil, it's going to end badly. 
It seems like a good idea. Let's just take a little bit of this. They're not looking. Anytime you agree with the devil, it's going to end badly. Are you hearing? So he said, Jesus was hungry. Devil says, hey, hey, why don't you command these stones to be made bread? Get Get something to eat. Verse And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that, uh, but by every word of God, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I believe also the translation saying. So being tempted again is not a sin. Being tempted is not sin. So don't condemn yourself because you got tempted to do something. It's only when you act on it. Does it become sin or does that does it actually produce sin? When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he did not sin. You don't have to sin. How many believe that I don't have to sin? If you're in Christ, you don't have to sin. But we do sin in the areas of our lives where there is not much light. The closer you get to the father, the less you will sin. Let me tell you this now. I'm not sure if we made this point to you uh, last week or not. But the closer you get to God, godliness, true godliness, the more you will see your need for him. The closer you walk with him, the more, more you'll see how filthy you actually are. And that makes you cry out, Lord, save me. I didn't know that this was in me. And you cry, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Because the Holy Spirit reveals, here's a place, here's a place, here's a spot in you. You got to get this right, you got to get that right. Here's a spot, here's a spot. So these folk that think they're super saints and look down on people, you're the filthiest ones I know. You think you got it all together, you can look down on somebody because of what they do? Filthy. Funkified. Stinking. Ranking. Fake. Because the closer you get to him, the more you realize you need him. Consider what Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this? The closer you get to God, the more you realize you need him. But if you're in darkness, hey, you think you're pretty good. Got what I'm saying to you? So fake folk, pretend holiness folk, they tend to look down on you. If you're in whatever condition in your life, that's only because they have not been looking up. They haven't been looking in the mirror of God's word and seeing their own condition. You can only judge others when you don't see your own filth. That's why people try to tell you, let me, let me pull out the speck in your eye. Come here, there's something bad in your life. Let me see. But it's a big old tuba for hanging out of your eye. You don't see what's in you. Are you hearing? That's fake stuff. None of us have a right to point the finger at anybody else. Hallelujah. Now, again, Jesus gives us power to resist the temptation. Let's go back again to James, the fourth chapter. Y'all getting this? Let's go back to James four. Let's go back to James four. Now, remember, sin has the ability to strip you. It is like kryptonite. Things are going well and, you know, things are going well for you. And then you end up doing something. 
Then all of a sudden, it seems like somebody's throwing another monkey wrench in your life. And then stuff, chaos just happens everywhere where you let the door open for sin and sin came in and it's going to wreck the place. It's like um, it's like you let the door open to some feral cat. And that cat get all in your house just spraying pee, 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 pee. And then you in your house smell like pee. Or some feral dog come in the house. You let it in. And sin comes in. Right? But we got to repent. And we confess it before the Lord. Be quick to repent. Be quick to confess. And get that thing out of it. Are you hearing? It's only when you let that stay in there does it get really, really bad. But if you stop it, it's here. Oh, my God, I did it. I get it. I did it, Lord. That's what I did. But that's not who I am. I identify as being a son of God, a child of God. I am not that sin. That is what I did. Lord, I renounce it. I don't want to do that. Father, save me from that. I come before your throne. I come before your throne boldly. And you said I could find help. And I ask, Lord God, that you would restore me, that you would heal me, that you would deliver me. And then hear me, child of God, immediately. You need to ask the Lord to uproot every seed that that spirit has planted when it got in. Because the devil never comes in empty. He never comes in empty handed. He wants to put something down somewhere because he knows sooner or later you're going to deal with him. He wants to come and plant something bad in your life. While he's in the house, he's planting seeds all around. He's working somebody, working somewhere. So the moment you just, oh, you did it and you're just crying over there, you're not repenting and you're not confessing. He is busy working, setting traps setting landmines all around you. Eventually you cast him out. You say, oh Lord God, uh, uh, forgive me. But you gave him all of that time in your house. And then things are going well for you. Once again, you say, but then why all this happened? I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Why, the, why, is this, why does it feel like God is cursing me? Why does it feel like that? It's the devil's seed that was sown in your house. You have to immediately repent, immediately confess it, get it out immediately, and then declare, Father, I ask you in Jesus' name to uproot every, every seed that the enemy planted, uproot and, and, and uproot and destroy every trap that the enemy set in Jesus' mighty name. Cleanse my house, cleanse my soul, cleanse all that pertains to me. Take away all the darkness within my life. Anywhere the devil has had influence in my life, Lord, let it be cleansed now. By the precious blood of Jesus, I renounce that sin. I renounce it, Father. I repent and I call upon you. Are you hearing? It's not just as simple as I'm a, oh, I did it. I'm just going to walk away from it. You set things in motion. The enemy has been at the door waiting to come in. And he's been planning, he's been plotting, trying to get there. You understand how powerful you are? Let's go there for a moment. How powerful you are, how much influence you have on the job. People look up to you. And there are other people that want to see you fall. They're jealous of you, envious of you. 
The enemy keeps files on you, plotting for your destruction. And all he needs is a little crack to get in. So he set things up. He waits until a moment, waits until you have a moment of weakness, a moment of emptiness, a moment of emptiness. You're empty. You're bleeding spiritually or emotionally. You're feeling really down. That's a moment of emptiness. And he gives you an opportunity to fill it. Make these bread, make these stones bread. Hey, just do this. Just do this little bit here. Nobody's looking. Just look at this. Just do that. Just do this. Agree with me. He sets up opportunities waiting for a moment of emptiness that he may come in and invade your life. And if we don't declare, nope, mm-mm. man, should I live by bread alone, by every, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? Nope, 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 nope. Declare the word of God. If, if it's looking, look, looking at someone, nope. Jesus said, whosoever looked upon uh, a woman or looked upon another person with lust in their hearts had to commit adultery with her. Uh, that person already in his heart, nope, I don't want to do that because the word of God declares thou shalt not commit adultery. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not going to hate them. Um, well, the Bible says, um, or Jesus said, whoever hates his brother without a cause is a murderer. Nope, I'm not going to be a murderer. Nope, nope, nope. The Bible declares that, that I must walk godly, um, godly before him. Uh, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No, I'm not going to do that. If you don't declare the word, if you don't declare who you are, you will fall to that. And the enemy wants you to fall to that because he wants to destroy your life. The Bible says that he is like a roaring lion, seeking, walking about seeking whom he may devour. Don't you understand you have an enemy that wants to kill you? Do we take that seriously sometimes? You are powerful. You are influential. The half has not been told of who you actually are and all that God has invested on the inside of you. If he can get you to trip and fall, there'll be many others behind you that will also follow. Smite the shepherd and the flock will flee. You got me? That's why you got to be quick to repent, quick to confess. You got to be quick. Look at James 4 as we begin to close. James 4, verse number 6, and it says, But he giveth uh, more grace. Remember, grace is your strength that you need to overcome. Grace is strength to overcome. It is power. But he giveth more grace, whereof he saith, God resisteth the proud. He resists the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Now, again, he's not talking to the world. He's talking about people in the church. Wash your hands. Cleanse your hearts. Don't be double-minded. Get this out of your life. Get it out of your life so that you can move forward with your life. Let me show you this one last thing that we're going to close out today. Let's go back to the book of Genesis. I want to show you what happened here with Cain and Abel. Genesis 4. Genesis 4. Let's look at this one verse. Genesis 4. Verse number seven. Are y'all still with me? Getting anything out of this today? 
Genesis 4 verse 7 says this. Now, again, I feel this in my spirit. God is building something in you. He has plans for you. And he does not want you to derail those plans. He doesn't want you to derail it. So he's giving you tools so that the enemy won't derail it. Because he knows, you know, that you can mess some stuff up. I only see one hand in, one hand raised online community. <laughs> we can mess some stuff up. We can. We can get our own selves in trouble. Anybody got experience in that? I still don't see, I only saw three or four hands, but it's okay. The Lord has plans to prosper you, plans to increase you, plans for your good, for promotion, good things for you. So he equips you before he gives it to you so you don't derail it. You got me? Say with me, Lord, I repent. Now remember, repentance is a gift. It's the ability to change your mind, change your mind, change your life. Change your whole situation, change the way you think. Think like Christ. Change my mind, Lord. Genesis 4, verse 7 says, this is what the Lord is talking to Cain about. He says, this is Genesis, verse, uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. It says, you will be accepted if you do what is right. Talking about Cain's sacrifice, it was unapproved of God. He said, you will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is doing what? Crouching at the door. Eager to what? To control you. But you must what? Subdue it and be its master. Think about it. I love the word of God. Look at this word picture. The father told Cain, if you just do what's right. But if you don't, look out the door. There is something that wants to control you. It wants to use your body. You know, the spirit of murder, you don't have to worry about it. You don't worry about a spirit until it gets into a body. When the spirit of murder gets into a body, don't be in the room with it. Tamara got what I'm saying. You don't worry about these spirits. There's a spirit in there. Mind you, in Jesus' name, get out. It's not a problem until somebody gives it life. When the spirit gets in you, when it controls you, or the spirit of murder, spirit of uh, suicide, or there's a spirit of rape, spirit of robbery, whatever the thing is, it's outside. It wants to control you. And in this case, we know it's definitely a spirit of murder because what happened after this? He rose up and killed his brother. 
That spirit of murder, Cain, is outside the door. It wants to control you. How many times have these spirits controlled you? It wants to control you. If you do what is right, in other words, if you repent. You did wrong. Repent means to change your mind. Let's do an about face here. Let's get it right. I'm going to repent. If you don't repent, Cain, that thing that's eager to control you will come on you and you will do it. These spirits of breath, this breath wind, looking for somebody to jump into. You've seen some of them horror movies before. Somebody walking just fine, all of a sudden. Got something in them. Something in them. Jesus, in much of his ministry, casting out spirits out of people. This stuff is real. It wants to control you. And if it controls you, it's going to control your money, your possessions, all this stuff. But the Lord said, you can avoid it. Just repent. When you feel it coming on you, come boldly before his throne and confess that, Lord, I'm feeling tempted. I'm feeling tempted to do this thing. I know it's wrong. I've done it before. And I know where it ends up and I don't want to go there. So I ask you, Lord God, to forgive me right now, to wash me of this temptation. Take it away from me. I ask you for help right now at this very moment. Help me and fill this empty place in me that I do not desire this anymore. Because one thing temptation does, one thing the devil loves to do, he wants to fulfill your desire. That's all he wants to do. He just wants to give you what you want. You hungry? Let me show you a way to get something to eat. Yeah, you swimming around? There's a worm right there. Just one bite. Go ahead. And you feel something hook at the top of your palate there. And there you go again. And you get up on the shore flapping and all that stuff because you're not in your element anymore. You wonder why. How did I get up here again? How did I end up here again? Anybody got an experience with that? You can put a foot up too if you want to if you got, if you got an experience with that. How did I get here again? I was out of that. I was finished with that. How did I wind up here again? The enemy's all he's trying to do is supply your needs. But the moment you agree with him, you're hooked. That spirit will take control. And it will try to rule your life. In the moment of temptation, listen, child of God, the moment of temptation, Let's repent. Let's confess it. Confess it as what it is. Lord, I'm feeling this way right now. Just slow it down. Just slow it down. Don't you know it's God that gives you the ability to slow it down? Just slow it down. Wait, 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 wait. Just just slow it down. No, I'm not going to go with you. I'm not going to go shake it out there. I'm going to shake it in here with Jesus. I ain't going over there to shake it. Somebody got what I'm saying to you. 
I'm sorry, online community. But you got what I'm saying. Slow it down. No. Remember, submit to God. That happens every day. Repent every day. Submit. Lord, I give my life to you. Then you'll have the power to resist the enemy. And he'll flee from you. And you will have your inheritance. You'll have the things that God wants to give you. But he can't give it to you if you're just going to file it up. Got me? Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day, for this word that you've given unto us. Father, I pray that you will root that word deeply in our hearts. Lord, and at the moment of temptation, Lord, I pray for grace upon everyone that is here, everyone that will be watching and listening. Lord, at that moment of temptation, I pray for the strength, Lord, to slow it down, to slow it down for the strength to call on you and confess we need help. We don't want to go down that road again. We don't want to have to start all over. We want to continue to build. Father, at that moment of temptation, that moment right there, because you're there with us at that time, even though we're right here right now, you're there in that, in that very next moment. Lord, we pray for that very next moment that you would strengthen us and empower us do whatever you got to do to stop that moment. Cast somebody to call us. Whatever you, whatever you got to do to give us help in time of need. So, Lord, we don't mess it up. But, Lord, if we do, help us to be quick to repent, quick to confess. And let that evil stuff be washed out of our lives. We thank you, Father, for hearing us. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, those of you that are watching right now and listening from all around the world, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, it's really simple. At least on the onset it is, repent and believe the gospel. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.